Howdy. This is Connor from Beers and Buckets. Hope you're having a great Friday morning or whatever you're listening to this, but this is Friday Flight, and this is the opportunity that you have to listen to all the stuff that didn't make the main episode that came out on Tuesday. So, with that said, we have more to offer you than just the extra stuff from the TJ Walker interview. Even though it was great, we have a certified beer of the week. Like we said, this is IPA week, so I decided to grab a couple of IPAs. I got the Gronkzilla from the other episode the other day, but I also got Three Daughters Brewing Circle Hooked a Hazy IPA. Three Daughters Brewing is down in St. Pete. It is near the worst stadium in all of MLB and Tropicana Field, but it is probably one of the better um, breweries that is around, in my opinion. I love it. It's great. They have some. They have an awesome atmosphere there. They have live music and they had like a Bavarian pretzel or however you pronounce it, but it was very good. I've been there a couple times, so it is more on the sweet side than the bitter side. It's got 30 IBUs and it's a ABV of 6.9%, so a little bit stronger than your normal um, your normal IPA a little bit there as far as the ABV, but a little bit weaker as far as IBUs. So definitely hazy IPAs from what I've heard is one of the things that if you're not super into IPAs, but you want to try it a little bit, try these citrus as well like we said the other night the description on the circle hooked ipa is hazy juicy and packed full of flavorful hops circle hooked is dry hop for that extra touch of citrusy haze and floral aroma every can comes with a perfectly balanced palette of refreshment and flavor you'll be hard pressed to release this catch so definitely check it out i'm gonna give it a sip give you my initial reaction i mean i've had it before but you guys know how this goes yeah, I mean, the hops definitely hit a little bit later. Like, it's not as super strong, though. Like, on the initial, like, you know, it doesn't it doesn't singe your nose or anything. Pretty good. All around, like, I would drink this, especially on tap. If you find it on draft or on tap or wherever, definitely recommend that. But with that said, we're going to continue on with Friday Flight. So go ahead and listen. We have a couple of conversations here. The main thing that we talk about in the first segment is we started with a little bit of the conversation that we had with Gonzaga basketball talking about their recruiting strategy. Kyle brings up a great question to ask TJ um, and that sparked a good conversation. We kind of transitioned a little bit Kentucky basketball talk like we kind of always do, even though we're not a Kentucky basketball podcast, we very much are all Kentucky fans on this podcast. So unfortunately it kind of just tends to go that way for if you're not a fan of Kentucky, <laughs> it's unfortunate, but if you're a fan of Kentucky, great, you know, enjoy it. But we also talk a little bit in the next segment about the rivalry that is Kentucky and Louisville. If you didn't know, TJ Walker is kind of have some beef with uh, with the other UFL media member, and it's just gotten a little bit weird, and they just take it personal. And we talk about a little bit how social media has gone too far now, especially since the pandemic, but people on social media take sports and something that's supposed to be an escape and we take it to another level and get personal and it's just all wrong. So we talk a lot about that. And we also talk about just the UK UofL rivalry in general, which is always a good time. And so enjoy this interview. Enjoy this Friday flight. You know, you're on your way to work right now. You know, enjoy the time that you have there trying to make the most of it. And then when you get home, stop by your local liquor store or your brewery, happy hour, whatever it may be, and go ahead and uh, grab a beer and watch some college basketball this weekend. It should be a good time. So thank you for listening. Hey, TJ, um, do you think that few um, 
what do you think about Fuse recruiting strategy now? Because he's kind of, you know, taking a step up as far as the talent that he's bringing in. Well, you know, going, it, yeah, yeah, going. That works for his style. Absolutely. I mean, anything, yeah. getting good players is never a bad strategy to right. have. Right. Never, never a bad thing. But All, it's like he has a lot of them, you know, a lot of top 50 talent now. And it seems like he's always had maybe one or two on the roster, you know? Yeah, it, it's it's certainly grown, and I don't think it's going to go anywhere as much as it kind of pains me to say because they do have this system up there that is working. And and right. Matt was breaking up there a little bit, but I think his overall point was kind of spot on. What a recruiting pitch that would be if you're Mark Few. You say, listen, come here, Gonzaga, you will be the big man on campus. Everybody here is going to know you, but it's still not nationally the bright lights as if you go to Duke or Kentucky, where if you make a mistake, people aren't going to hound you for it. You can kind of live right. your own life, be a kid up here. And here's the beauty of it: in November and December, we're going to play. We're going to play good teams. We're going to play Duke. We're going to play. Uh, we're going to play Alabama. We're going to play ranked teams across the country. And you're going to learn. You're going to get better. And then after that, you're going to have two months just really to focus on yourself. You're right. going to be able to beat up on everybody. You're going to be able to make highlight plays. NBA scouts are going to love what they want to see out of you. And you're going to win, most importantly. And then, boom, we'll roll into March. We'll have 30 wins, and we'll be a high seed, like I mentioned. That's a pretty good recruiting pitch. Like, one, so, you're in the spotlight, but you're out of the main spotlight. And, right. two, you're just going to rack up wins. Who doesn't like winning? And so do you see like Salas and Hickman just being able to be under the radar and develop, and then maybe one of them shoots up and plays a big role come March. You know? Exactly. Absolutely. And I got a hand up. I, I was very wrong. I like Nolan Hickman. He'll be a great player for Gonzaga. But I questioned whether it was a smart move to take Ty Ty Washington over Hickman. And I was wrong about that. That was dumb. Um, I would have liked both of them. Still like Hickman. Still think very highly of him. Washington, I cannot believe how good he is in such a short amount of time. Yeah. And I know I'm kind of bouncing around all over the place, but that that worked out well with the Hickman into a tie tie conversation there. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, like I I was I was wanting both of them. I remember I think Nolan Hickman even like when Ty Ty Washington said that he was you know opening his commitment up. That you know I remember Holt, Nolan Hickman like kind of recruiting him to Kentucky at one point. But I think when the Severe Wheeler talk started growing a little bit more. I think it was clear that Nolan Hickman wasn't going to get the minutes he needed to develop into the player that Kentucky needed. And really, as we see, like almost, I think he leads the nation or he was leading the nation. Sevilla Wheeler is definitely the better player. So yeah, I think it's yeah, safe no to say that Wheeler there. and Washington are probably at what a top five backcourt out there already. No um, doubt. As, as far as maybe top three. Goes. Yeah, maybe right. top three. And I will say this. I I was never I never said a bad word about Wheeler. I love that addition. I couldn't believe there were some Kentucky fans that weren't like thrilled about that. And I did say that, like, all right, the sting of Hickman with Wheeler, they basically do the same things, except one is very experienced, has done it at a high level, and then the other one, you know, who knows what he'll turn out to be. Although I do like Hickman. That none of that is a slide at him. If anything, I look like an idiot because I thought he was better than Tata Washington. But Tata plays very smoothly for a freshman. He he looks more like a sophomore quickly in some regards than he does like a yeah. freshman. Uh, just plays really the the when he's at his worst is when he's in transition, and that is a freshman thing. You'll get better at that. The game will come to you a little bit. Uh, but just how when he knows kind of just when to pull up and shoot. 
when mm-hmm. there's nobody on him. He doesn't – sometimes you see players, they'll pass up an open shot to go try to draw foul or do something silly like that. Now, he'll mm-hmm. just shoot it, and he's a really good shooter, so uh, good on him. And, and Kentucky's got a great – I won't be shocked that he's the best guard in the SEC come March. Wouldn't surprise yeah. me in the, a bit. He's tough in the paint, too. I mean, he's good defensively in the paint. He's tough. He'll snag, he's snagging rebounds, things like that. It, I think – Every UK fan is like on pins and needles right now, trying to uh, wanting him to succeed against that next big time opponent that they play, like a road game at Notre yep. Dame and against Ohio State. Like that's the big thing that UK fans want to see. Like, will he rise to the moment, you know, in a better way than he did against Duke in the first game? So, yeah, that's the I big love question a guard. right now. I think I love a guard that can rebound, and he's doing that tremendously. So I'm here for it, all for mm-hmm. that for sure. So before we move on, yeah, you're good. <laughs> to put this podcast on record with Gonzaga normally has a bad schedule. They have three teams in their, in their conference outside of Gonzaga that are in the top 40 right now in Ken Palm. So yeah, they have four by like bid for the tournament probably. Right. So like, and I think in the conference rankings on Ken Palm, they're like seventh, which is obviously inflated by Gonzaga being the number one team on Ken Palm, but like their schedule gets poo-pooed a lot but it's a lot better this year in conference than it normally is. I just wanted to put that on record. No, I agree with you, Dal. I was talking about this today. There is, I mean, Gonzaga's schedule, their non-conference schedule was ridiculous. Like, I mean, you got Texas, Duke, Alabama, and they play Arkansas this week, right? No, who do they play? Texas Tech. They have five top 20. Yeah. Uh, top 20 non-conference opponents. Yeah, when you have that in your non-conference and then you have three other um, teams that can make, you know, can get a bit into the March Madness. I mean, that's that's like that's like mid-2000s uh, Kentucky scheduling right there. Like, SEC was crap for a long time in basketball. Like, we're, we're spoiled now because we have six teams in the top 25 this year. But, I mean, just not too long ago, it was a very bad regular season schedule. And so that's why Kentucky went out in their non-conference and scheduled the bigger names for a little bit. But um, what what Gonzaga is doing, like everyone shouldn't crap on them because they've scheduled some tough teams. So, If you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has the tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Um, well, so what he said, of all your accolades and, and things that you've accomplished in your life, where does being hated by Deputy Dipsy? <laughs> rank on your like achievements in life at the bottom uh that that guy he, he's he i i, I hate that he's kind of grown into the the media personality that he's right. turned into exactly. um, because it's just rewarding saying really really dumb stuff and giving somebody a bigger and bigger microphone to, mm-hmm. to spew it into um i don't hate anybody in the sports media and and even deputy doofus and even some of the other folks that we've alluded to um i want to get your all's opinion i almost feel like the pandemic has like changed people's brains where there used to be like this fun hey it's sports your opinion's dumb and i don't agree with you at all 
but it's hey, it's just sports. I almost feel like this gray area in the sports world has been like people just get personal now, right? Like they they bypass yeah. sports and just go super personal. And not to say that that maybe wasn't going on before the pandemic. I think the pandemic has broken people's brains to a point where the the nuance of politeness is gone like or the nuance of disagreement is gone you can't just disagree with anybody anymore now you need to say now you got to get personal with them um and i find that to be really weird sports media is a lot more toxic than it was even just five years ago and that was back when i used to be an even bigger little shit and like trying to start you know be a troll and start stuff i'm i'm kind of over the lure of social media except just to be like a jokester and a smart ass from time to time um, but I feel like people have just gotten nastier and nastier, which is not not good. Not good. Well, actually, Especially in the actually, UK all world. I have a, a pretty deep thought, and I don't want to go completely into it. But as someone who's been in the blog world for years, I've seen that this is how people are. But I think for decades it was basically this is the one time I can just be a jackass. But to your point, the COVID and the political things and the social issues – has basically taken the Louisville, Kentucky debate and made it everything in life. So when yeah. you make everything in life a jackass moment, you it just kind of becomes who you are. And I think we're seeing it to a point. For years, there was the term keyboard warrior. They'd say it behind the screen, but never to your face. Well, over years, that's created so much uh, confidence. They'll say that stupid <laughs> right to your face now. And I think that's kind of what's happened with all this COVID stuff. And I don't want to blame just strictly on that, but just everything that's come with it and the lockdown and the and the controversy is that for years, this was just something we could do when we're talking sports and I could be kind of stubborn and stupid just because I'm a big UK fan. But now it's just life. And I think it's just spilled over so bad that in the sports world, it's just almost, it, it's, it, you know what I'm saying? Like you, you deal with this so much on just life. Sports now is the one time I don't want to deal with it where 10 years ago, Sports was the one time I did want to do it. Yeah, I actually, I, again, to piggyback off the point you made, I think you kind of summed it up uh, nicely in the sense that I, I think that sports were a nice outlet that no longer are politics-free, opinion-free. No. It's not just sports anymore. And that's why I hate seeing so many folks in here, in here, in here, as in like the UK, L social media. I consider social media just like a bar. It's like a social bar and there's people in the bar at the other end of the bar that you don't like and you don't really want to interact with. But you know what? If they look at you wrong, you're going to say something to them. (laughs) And if they say something back to you, you're going to have a little Internet social media fight. Um, I just feel like you can't really the escape that was sports is no longer an escape and people don't know how to deal with that. People don't people can't set it to the side. And you're seeing how some people respond to it. and it's unfortunate. Grown adults, I think, are, are are going the wrong direction, unfortunately. However, there's still the right people that you want to listen to that are talking sports. There's still the right or, you know, bloggers or media members that are writing articles that I can't get enough of. There's people that have kept their head above water. It's just it's funny just in the span of two years of like how I have thought of people differently and they haven't treated me much differently at all, but you see how they treat other people. It's just bizarre. And I know we're getting off in a, a whole separate tangent, but the UK, UK U of L rivalry, especially somebody that's been in the middle of it from time to time, it's only getting worse, and I don't understand how that's possible. You had people yeah. fighting at a dialysis clinic, what, nine years ago, and it's worse now. So somebody explain that to me. 
Yeah, I mean, I think I think the point you make about like social media being a bar and like the problem is, is that we just spend way more time at that bar than we used to. It used to be, oh, you go after work for an hour and <laughs> yeah, and yeah. You just kind of hang out. But like you can leave like I'm someone that never really like talked to like or interacted with people that I didn't know on social media. It was just like kind of a way for me to keep up with stuff. Now I have like group messages where I haven't met a single person in the group <laughs> message, but I like talk to them more than I talk to my normal friends that I like have made through college because I'm on social media so much more. So instead of like us coming to the bar for like a drink or two or a game or something, we now like live at that bar. So you just get so much more ingrained and it becomes, especially with sports, it becomes more a part of your personality like on social media that anything, and this is just speaking generally, like it becomes an attack on your person if someone disagrees with you rather than it just being like, oh, we can just yep. kind of banter back and forth. Exactly. Yeah. And, and TJ, as someone who was a little Cheer! head back in high school and middle school, I think I can identify a fellow little Cheer! head in yourself there. Maybe you can understand this about the Louisville-UK rivalry. If you ever was kind of like just a little jackass in high school and you picked on somebody for this one thing, maybe you and your friends clowned somebody for something, after it got so much, that person ended up like coming back at you with personal things. And honestly, I think that's how Kentucky and Louisville has become. For years, it was Kentucky would win a little, Louisville would win a little. Well, over the last decade, really, Kentucky's winning everything. And when Louisville's not losing, they're losing in life, whether, whether it be the Katina Powell thing, whether it be the Brian Bowers, whether it's all the stuff they're going through now. So five, eight years of just hearing that, I feel like, Deputy Doofus had to get personal. And when he found an opportunity with these football players over the summer, he took it personal. And when that happened, point of no return, that's when the beef becomes so unreal because like in the political world, you have to pick a side. You're either 100% against him or you're 100% with him. And that's when things get super, I guess, as a modern word, toxic, is because we're no longer about what goes on in the court or on the field. It's about what's going on in these kids' lives or in these coaches' lives. And at that point, that's a very slippery slope to be in because you can't navigate through that without making it sound really personal. Absolutely. And, and, and piggybacking a little, I'm just taking really what you all are saying and churching them up to, to make them sound better for me. Uh, but piggybacking kind of what Dow said is that, like, it used, I, I swear there was a time where on social media you could just disagree and that was that. It, it doesn't seem to be that way anymore. And then uh, I've got some friends over at 680, and they they were showing me some of the screenshots of De- Deputy Doofus. He wanted to make it his mission to bring down the U.K. football program, whatever means necessary, and he saw that Lexington, which is such a douchey thing to do. Like maybe when I was 21, I'd have like those little, you know, light bulb going off in my brain where it's like, ha-ha, what can I do to really make some waves? But when you get older, you realize life and you realize that everybody that Deputy Doofus was coming after are real people. They've got families. They're 18, 19, 20 years old. This is probably the most traumatic or the biggest thing that's happened in some of their lives. And here he is just making a complete and utter mockery of the whole thing while putting out every piece of information that's not backed by any facts, but just to kind of muddy things up and to make these people look worse. I could never in a million years do that it just it, it seems like a gross lifestyle 
Uh, but it's not just U of L folks that do it. I think some people in UK media have lost their minds, unfortunately, where it's just like, have you not forgotten that this is sports are an outlet? They're supposed to make people happier. And even when your team's losing and it's really frustrating, last year's UK season didn't make me very happy. However, still in the context of things, I was able to take a step back and say, oh, UK being 9-16 and 16 is not going to change my life. It's not. I still have a lovely wife. I still got great friends. I've got a great family. This isn't real. However, there's too many people that I don't think can realize that. Grown adults, 40-year-olds, 50-year-olds, 60-year-olds. And it's really sad, I think. I think it's a horrible way to live your life being so resentful and uh, just borderline mean to folks when basketball is like the best sport out there. It should bring, it should bring people together. And and it, it often does. Um, not so much a rep arena this year because the crowds haven't been so great. Shout out to Jerry Tipton. Uh, <laughs> however, <laughs> however, uh, I think that's coming because the games are going to get a little bit better here soon. I mean, I know you live in the Louisville area, correct? Sorry. I caught you. Yeah, sorry. There. I was enjoying uh, <laughs> now a Dale's pale ale. Um, right. I don't uh, know. I mean, I, I lived in the Louisville area for 35 years, and it, it's just such a – people that don't live there or haven't lived there, you don't understand until you live there how just at people's – at each other's necks, UK and UL fans are 24-7. Um, it's just an unbelievably toxic environment. It's, it's, it's just really ridiculous. It gets to a point where – I mean, it got to a point where, uh, you know, my family, we – that's one of the reasons we moved. Uh, down to Savannah just to get away from basically U of L and their influence on that county and city and area in general. It just it was just nasty. It was just ridiculous. It's all I've ever it's it's all I've ever known. Um, Majority of my friends growing up are all U of L fans. Die hard U of L fans. Don't don't miss a game. Uh, They would bully the out of me. And like, Mm -hmm. but here's but here going back to what we've talked about all this all this show is that like. If you let it bother you, mm-hmm. it's going to be worse for you. Like if you if you show that crack that they're getting, and I was growing up when during the end of the tubby, you know, I, I got to see the the ninety six, ninety seven, ninety eight, but I was six, seven, eight years old, and mm-hmm. then growing up, you know, kind of getting into sports, Kentucky wasn't that great. Uh, two thousand five year was a lot of fun. I was in eighth grade for that one, and then it was the Billy years, and that wasn't so great. And then really wasn't until I got to college that UK turned that corner for basketball, and it was a hell of a ride for college. So I wouldn't change anything. But growing up in grade school and middle school and early high school, UK sucked, and my friends would never let me hear the end of it. And even then, though, you know, I still I probably was a lot more passionate back then than I am now. Like there, there's a if you got good friends and you know good people, they can put the sports context. Right. They can put sports in context. Where I do agree with you though that like far too many in this town never really had a good group of friends to like rile them up, you know, to tell mm-hmm. them afterwards like, hey, we're just joking with you. you no, know, it's, it's not. It's not life or death. Where mm-hmm. I think so many in this town never had that, and it is life or death. And then they find themselves to be fifty or sixty year olds. And they're cussing out kids at games, or they're getting really nasty with other people. I, it, it, the people watching at U of L sporting events, nothing like it. Nothing <laughs> like it. It's true. It's it's definitely another world. Um, and like I said, if if you haven't lived in Jefferson County for any period of time, you 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 really can't explain it until you live there. How you know just um, you know bloodthirsty the fans are with each other. You know, and just constant just dominate your life 365 days a year. And um, I mean, it, it's just, a, it's a, it's an unbelievable rivalry rivalry. It's a great rivalry. Um, you know, I, I want it to 
always had the juice that it's always had. And I, I grew up a little bit earlier than you. So like the nineties was everything for me when I was, I was, you know, 10 to 20 years old throughout the nineties. So that was just everything. And I kind of see, I saw the domination, then I saw the lull and then I saw the domination again. So, um, you know, it's, it's, it is an unbelievable rivalry, but I wish people could just understand that it is sports and it, you need to compartmentalize that and, and just act like a grown up and just not be so immature, you know, it's yeah. ridiculous. Rivalry is definitely a location thing. Cause like as a Kentucky fan growing up in Florida, I never really like saw how big of the rivalry was with Louisville other than mm-hmm. my parents maybe talking about it. And they always oh, yeah. said, well, it's like people from Louisville are kind of just, they have an elitist mentality, especially L in general. So that's my understanding of it. But I never saw personally how that was until I got on you know, Twitter or whatever. But my God, I hate Florida fans. Like, give me <laughs> Kentucky beating Florida every time. It meant so much to me in 2018 for football. Like, mm-hmm. I was just, it was it was the best. So uh, I've never really on. been able to, like, oh, envision yeah. a, a UK a UK fan that has lived their whole life in Lexington because you're really, it's a completely different upbringing. Like that's the beauty of Kentucky sports is you get people from all over the state. You get somebody from Southeastern Kentucky and they're, they hate Tennessee. They, I mean, it's just like in their blood, they were born and bred to hate Tennessee Louisville. Yeah. I don't like them, but they're Louisville, whatever you get people in Louisville. I hate Tennessee, but I've had very little interactions with Tennessee fans outside of Kroger Field, Rupp Arena, or Nayland Stadium, or TBA. Um, mm-hmm. Just don't come across them all that often. So that's the beauty of a Kentucky fan. And you're out of the state. You know, you grew up out of the state. But out of the state, it's one thing. In the state, it's so geographical with who you may – people in northern Kentucky hate Ohio State. Southeastern hate Tennessee, Louisville, they hate Louisville. You get to the western part, and it's kind of a, a mixed bag of who folks hate out there. That, that, that's unique to Kentucky's fan base. There's not many other, if any, college sports fan base where geographically the biggest rival changes. That's cool. I, yeah. I love it. And, the, I mean, the biggest thing about it is that, like, I mean, I really couldn't stand Duke, but I found myself rooting for them this season against Gonzaga because I had conversations with, duke update you know the guy behind duke update and he's a cool guy you know and there's like you know i know a tennessee fan that's like maybe i hate tennessee a little bit less than i did before because i got to know the person behind the fan you know but like you said social media we just we see whatever team they root against in their bio and then we see all the nonsense that they spew but we don't get to know the person behind them it's just the worst that people like treat each other like you said so 